Wrestling fans, are you ready? This is Tuesday. You people bought a ticket to see me, so shut up. Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood. First of all, Dusty Rhodes, I think what you are is a big, ugly, low-class, redneck goose. That's what I think you are. Yeah, I put it. I know I put it. But I'm most of all, the baddest man around in the world today. Follow the show at WrestlingTWT on Twitter and Instagram. But remember, my fireflies, as always, I'll light the way. And all you have to do is let me in. Tuesday, Wrestling Tuesday. The bottom line is, in all my magnificence, you're going to be mine. Here's Jonathan Hood. It's Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday right here on ESPN 1000 and the brand new ESPN Chicago app. Every Tuesday at 930 we give you the best in pro wrestling conversation slash sports entertainment. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at WrestlingTWT. Don't forget our YouTube page as well, YouTube.com. Look for Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday to catch up on interviews that you might have missed. There's a number of stories that's going on around professional wrestling. We talked to Tim Fiorvanti from ESPN. As we have our conversation, go to ESPN.com. Look for the WWE column, and you'll be able to catch Tim and others writing about the great sport of pro wrestling, and Tim joins me here on ESPN 1000. Tim, I appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely, Jonathan, and uh, I appreciate any any opportunity to uh, promote, like you said, the great sport of pro wrestling on uh, any ESPN platform. Absolutely. Uh, well, I just want to get your thoughts on where we are right now. Really, obviously, a crazy, strange, difficult time in our world, and so professional wrestling is always was able to strive on crowd crowds, people going to the arenas, um, being able to, to pay for tickets to see great entertainment. But we're not seeing that now here uh, in 2020. What are your thoughts on the overall state of wrestling where you're seeing wrestling shows across the board, but there are no fans? You know, at the very beginning, uh, at least from a viewing experience with both WWE and uh, AEW, as well as uh, Impact and a couple other companies who are still at least putting out shows, if, if not uh, actively filming shows. Uh, I'll admit, it, it was very strange. Um, I, I think uh, WWE in particular took some time to sort of find their stride and, and try to make the best of, of this obviously unique and, and unfortunate situation um, that's going on right now uh, and, and the lack of a crowd. But I feel like, especially in the in the last few weeks, um, they they've kind of found their stride a little bit, and and I, I've been entertained watching Raw and SmackDown, not just because of you know the lack of uh, other live entertainment for the most part, but also because you know we're seeing uh, adaption in, in a number of ways. Not having a crowd, you're seeing some some newer stars uh, taking an opportunity that probably wouldn't have otherwise come across their plate and, and, and doing big things with it. Um, and, you know, it, it, it's what we have right now. It, 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 this is not going to be for everybody. I'm, I mean, I don't blame anybody who hasn't watched wrestling or hasn't watched a ton of wrestling without crowds. Uh, I think, like, AEW in particular has done some creative stuff in terms of having some of the wrestlers out there to at least have some back and forth, some crowd noise and what have you. But, you know, I, I'm certainly appreciative that there's, something going on um 
as a wrestling fan, first and foremost, you know, I miss going to independent events. Uh, I was incredibly fortunate enough earlier this year to, to get to go to uh, Tokyo and see some New Japan shows. Mm-hmm. But, but I miss going to wrestling shows. And as, as long as there's something going on, uh, I'm going to take it in. I'm going to uh, appreciate it uh, for what it is. You know, Tim, for me as a wrestling fan, my focus is always on the work in the ring, right? It's just, just overall, it's always about what's going on in the ring. I know that... You know, in this society that people are wondering, well, like, what does that sign mean or what why is the crowd reacting? Some in today's wrestling society look at wrestling and say, if the crowd's not reacting, then the match sucks. And that's not that's not always the case. How many Raws and Smackdowns have we seen where you see men and women working their ass off, but yet the crowd doesn't respond, almost in a New Japan-type way, in some indies as well, where they're only going to pop when they see something that's just completely outlandish, something crazy. And and so, to me, the focus is on the ring, and I think that, for the most part, Raw and SmackDown men and women have really worked hard, uh, and it's kind of what I'm used to. I'm, I'm focused on the ring. The crowd, yeah, it gets the, the wrestlers going, but at the same time, I, don't, I see them working hard, but I don't know if they're... Uh, I don't know if they're getting paid, you know, getting the the reward uh, for uh, for wins and losses in the in the ring. It's it's an interesting dynamic. Yeah, I think you're right uh, to a certain extent. I mean, the the instance that comes into my head of sort of the the crowd being as concerned, if not more so, with you know their own stuff is we got. Uh, geez, it's probably a couple of years ago now. Like, wait. Like when Cesaro had to run into the crowd and basically rip up a beach ball. I mean, yeah, right. <laughs> if, we're, if we're talking about the, the live fan experience, it, I mean, it sort of covers the spectrum. When it's great, it's incredible. It enhances the match. It elevates the performers. But I, I think you're right. I think especially with some of these new talents or, or these newly elevated talents, that as hard as it is to get used to wrestling without a crowd, I think it's sort of, like you said, giving them a platform, making the focus specifically what's on the ring, what's going on in the ring. Uh, and uh, some people are, are sort of knocking it out, both in terms of, of their performances and then also in how they're adapting. I, I would say somebody like a, a Drew McIntyre in particular, in, in addition to having some, some fun matches, some, some good promos, he's sort of taken a step forward and embraced and adapted to this sort of format with no crowd. Like, learning to play to the camera, doing things you would you're, that WWE teaches you not to do from day one, like staring down the barrel of the camera and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as more people get comfortable in, in sort of this new environment, which is, you know, it's going to be the reality for at least the, the near future, um, I think the better uh, the, the shows are going to be. And, you know, obviously WWE is continuing with alternative approaches to matches too. And, you know, that's not going to be for everybody, uh, what they're going to end up doing with this upcoming Money in the Bank match, what they did at WrestleMania with the two matches that they, they shot outside of the Performance Center. So, you know, I mean, there's something for a lot of people. And, you know, like I said, I, I'm really appreciative that, you know, that these talents are, are getting an opportunity to, uh, to continue to do what they love. Tim Fioravanti from ESPN.com talking to us about uh, professional wrestling with the WWE and AEW with me, Jonathan Hood, on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday on ESPN 1000. Um, yeah, well, the WWE, they're making movies now, Tim. 
<laughs> but based on the Boneyard uh, match with uh, the Undertaker and AJ Styles to what we saw in uh, in NXT with Gargano and Ciampa, I mean, and now we're going to see a Money in the Bank. They're they're putting their WWE films to good use, apparently. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> I think I think uh, some people who deserve a shout out are, are, are some of the people on that per- production team. Uh, it, it's pretty wild what they've been able to produce. I mean, we saw a little of it. Uh, a couple of years ago when they sort of dipped their toe into the Hardy universe or, or they did some stuff here and there with uh, the new day and the Wyatt family. But I, I think, you know, tough times and, and unusual circumstances sort of breed this environment in which, you know, innovation can, can spring up. And I think they've really, like you, like you said, elevated themselves and elevated the product and, and created something new and i think you know as much as i don't think anybody wants to play out this new fresh fun format i think it's going to be something that's ingrained in wrestling even when things turn back to a a more normal circumstances and you start getting live crowds i I think there are going to be more things like this and part of the fun is just sort of the the anticipation the unknown because as much as they can tell us about oh hey we're going to do this crazy money in the bank match we're going to have six men and six women, two briefcases on the roof. You don't know how it's going to play out. I mean, are we going to do two, two separate matches? Are they going to be going on at the same time? I mean, it, it, and just the, the possibilities of, like, the sort of crazy stuff, the silly stuff that can happen at WWE headquarters. I mean, it, it's hard for that not to be the most anticipated match, you know, or whatever you want to call it, uh, on the card. And, and there's some other good stuff on the card, obviously, but... You know, I, for one, am looking forward to see uh, see how it plays out. So, Tim, how worried should the WWE and AEW be with the ratings? You've seen the numbers, right? I mean, uh, we're looking at all-time lows this past uh, Monday on, on Raw. The Raw is down, especially in that third hour. It was really a huge drop. AEW and NXT are just trying to find their climb to a million viewers. That's what they're trying to get to uh, on the first blush of, of ratings. It's so... I guess the the question is, during this pandemic, where most of us are at home watching television, you would think there'd be a captive audience, right? But there, but there isn't. As the numbers continue to decline, why do you think that is? Is that storyline, or is that because of the presentation? Uh, it could be any of of a number of things. I mean, the excuse that uh, Vincent Mann himself made uh, during the WWE's. Um, quarter one financial update was that it's just new talent. And that was, I think that was raw specific mm-hmm. and also pointed to the fact that SmackDown hadn't flipped as much, which, you know, take that for, for what it's worth. I think it's a number of factors. I, I think it, it is a little bit harder for certain fans to buy in and the crowdless presentation isn't for everybody. Some people really sort of appreciate that energy um, and either already tuned in to a show or two without crowds and, and were turned off by it or didn't quite get it. Part of it is the, the storylines, although I'm, I'm enjoying a lot of what's going on. Uh, some people don't uh, enjoy watching Bobby Lashley flip tractor tires. I mean, to each their own. No. <laughs> um, uh, but I think there's also probably, I, I don't know how large a uh, contingent of this audience, but I'm sure that there are also people who are just generally, you know, uncomfortable with 
shows continuing to go on in, in the current environment, whether that is like directly focused on WWE or it's their own feelings of just looking at seeing no crowd and, and sort of being reminded of the circumstances we're in. Because it, it, it is admittedly a little bit harder to distance yourself from that. Whereas if you go back and watch something on the WWE Network or YouTube or something else, you can kind of more easily lose yourself within that moment. So I think it's a, it's a combination of factors. What do you consider the legacy of Triple H? Wow. Um, 25 years, think, Tim. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it was a very interesting roast on, uh, on SmackDown. I think that's as candid as, as we've seen Vince McMahon on WWE TV in a while. Um, I think it's, complex but completely undeniable uh i mean when you look at the attitude era triple h's name is never going to be the number one name but he was way up there i mean when you say names like austin the rock the undertaker triple h is right there and just sort of looking at it he's somehow been the most consistent like presence from that era to today. Whereas everybody else, they either retired or they stepped away for stretches or completely. Um, I mean, his biggest impacts are obviously, you know, being part of DX evolution, some pretty tremendous stuff uh, as a single superstar, 14 time world champion. But in honesty, if we're looking at the full picture, an increasing part of that story with every passing day, month, week, year, uh, is the work that he's done off camera, the sort of foundation he's, he's helped to lay for the future with NXT. Uh, and you know, it, it, it is pretty incredible to just see sort of the length of time for which the, uh, Triple H has, has really just continued to help shape the future of WWE. Tim Fioravanti from ESPN.com on Tuesday Wrestling Tuesday with Jonathan Hood on ESPN 1000 and the new ESPN Chicago app. I'm wondering as we move forward here in 2020 and beyond, Tim, whether or not house shows or um, live events, as the WWE likes to call them, whether it's going to be passe or not. Um, in that conference call, there was there was it felt like there was some conversation about you know um, you know taking away house shows. I see that that it is going to, uh, there won't be an Australia or a New Zealand tour. And I'm wondering, is that going to really be the future of the business um, for AEW and for the WWE? Because it's stuff that you and I grew up on, being able to go to the local event because of something you saw on television. It ties together the storyline. And I'm wondering, will we start seeing uh, fewer and fewer live events uh, as we once did? Um. Yeah, when when you're talking yeah specifically about WWE, I, I think in that particular respect, they they've been pretty honest. I mean, even before uh, everything that's happened uh, with uh, the ongoing pandemic, like the the revenue from live shows uh, and non televised shows had been dropping and becoming a less significant portion of. Uh, WWE's cash flow in just in general. Uh, and I, I don't think you'll ever see those events completely disappear, uh, especially when you're talking about like 
venues like Madison Square Garden, when you're talking about just, you know, bigger shows. I I, I do sincerely believe, though, that it, it is sort of on the path to significantly re- reducing a lot of events. And, and, and you spoke about one of the biggest reasons. It, it's going to take, e- even if a solution, an easy solution, a clean solution, a clear solution to what's going on happens in, in the next few months, people are going to be apprehensive uh, to be in large crowds for a while. And to speak nothing of like uh, financial situations and that sort of thing, paying tickets, buying merchandise and, and what have you. So, yeah, I, I do, as unfortunate as it sounds, think that we will see a reduction of live events. But I also think that we will see a continued touring brand for televised events. And those televised events might end up being at some smaller venues in order to reach certain other regions, depending on how they sort of reorganize. But I think a lot of things are up in the air, and I think what could be the solution six months down the line is probably different from what is going to be a year out and a year and a half out and five years out. So, you know, it's it's all going to be wait and see. Well, I would imagine that AEW's business model would be different from the WWE in which it's new. So they, if they do get into the touring business, that would probably help them. Uh, and they and actually for the time that they were on the road doing their Wednesday night show, Tim, they did pretty well. There's only a few markets where they didn't do well. Huntsville might have been one of their worst, but they were going to sell out or come close to Newark and some of these other markets. Of course, here in Chicago, I mean, as soon as you say hmm. AE, you don't have to say W. It's already sold out in like 30 seconds because we're crazy here and we <laughs> we love our wrestling. So that's not a surprise. But they were doing well. I'm, I'm, I wonder what's going through Tony Khan's mind because once – if we do go back to normal and we are having arena events, I would imagine that they would you know, go into that business just to try to expand uh, their business and, and help uh, financially, I would think. Right. And, and I would agree, um, both in terms of uh, financial uh, and because of, uh, you know, just, just visibility. Mm-hmm. Like you said, they, they do great in Chicago. I, I'm sure that the building would have been packed in Newark, if not sold out very close to it. Uh, they have a very strong home base uh, in the Jacksonville area, uh, and I think you, you were you were starting to see some some very special things from AEW in terms of what was going on uh, at this week at, at, on these weekly shows, and it, it's continued to be entertaining. But yeah, I think I think you're probably right. Uh, AEW is in a position, especially if WWE pulls back. Um, their live events to sort of step in as long as they can lay out their plan financially, which it seems like Tony Khan had everything laid out pretty well, uh, even in advance of, of signing everybody, launching the brand and what have you. It, it seems like for all the people who have tried to step into the wrestling world, Tony Khan has had a, a pretty remarkably flexible and well laid out plan. So I, I do expect AEW, AEW to adapt and, and sort of step in wherever they fit in. Tim, uh, what are, what's the staff working on for uh, future projects on ESPN.com? <laughs> uh, well, at the moment, uh, a lot of the folks who, who dip their toe into the uh, WWE space are also uh, hard at work 
uh, in terms of MMA and, and boxing and that sort of thing. So at the moment, we are almost squarely focused on uh, UFC 249, which is coming up in, in less than two weeks. Uh, but we do have uh, a couple of fun things in, in the uh, in the pipeline, uh, although the, the, they're longer term projects uh, and as well as uh, so, some fun interviews. Uh, obviously, we have a couple of pay-per-views coming up in the month of May, uh, WWE's Money in the Bank mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Double or Nothing towards the end of the month. So, no, I don't want to go too deep into it, but we oh, have some fun stuff. Uh, and, and like I said, it, it is really nice to have we, the opportunity to continue to uh, cover the space. Tim, we work, woke, work, we both work for the same company. It's okay to just yeah, let's bring back the curtain a little bit. If you're going to write, you know, five thousand words on Ginger <laughs> Mahal returning to Raw and how they're setting up the matchup against Drew McIntyre, the the three and B reunion, just just tell me if that's what you got. Is that what's coming up? And five thousand words on on the the push of Apollo Cruz. Just let us know. Is that what's is that what's happening over there? <laughs> it, it, I mean, I'm, I may or may not be, you know, doing an ode to uh, Zelina Vega's new trio of talent. See, I mean, like I said, go. I, but yeah, it, it's exciting times. But you know, can I, I? I I don't like spoiling okay. anything that's coming along. We like we like surprises and. Uh, it seems it seemed to have worked out for us so far. So I understand. All right. So again, another twenty five hundred words on Seth Rollins' man bun. Look for that on the WWE page <laughs> of ESPN.com. Tim, we appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. Anytime. It's Tim Fiervanti from ESPN.com. Go to ESPN.com. Look for the WWE slash wrestling page, and you'll be able to get all the wrestling conversation and uh, columns that you need right there as you're listening to ESPN 1000.